0: God's doing great things, amen? I said God's doing great things. Isn't it awesome? You know, just last week we, we partnered with 38 other churches and we impacted our community and, and we had gals that just got back from Haiti and we've made a difference in Haiti and over 10,000 souls were saved. And this week TJ and I are taking off and we're going to Nepal. Matter of fact, pray for Nepal. All right, because we'll get there and they're probably not going to have to eat what we like and that tends to make us grumpy so pray for the nepali people you know we're taking jesus to nepal and uh, god's doing things all around the world and he's using you i think sometimes the enemy tries to convince you that you don't matter that your life doesn't make a difference that your participation nobody even notices and the reality is is that, that if the enemy could cause you to believe that you are insignificant then then you have a tendency to y- disengage But you gotta remember, you gotta remember how, how important your role is. You know, in the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God, each and every one of us carry a significant role. And God cannot do what, you know, His plan cannot be fulfilled without your participation. There's times even when, in our prayer life, when, when we're asking God to do things as if we're not actually gonna be involved. You know, we come in and we sing, you know, or, or we pray, you know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, Lord, even as it is in heaven. Well, who's going to do it? You are. Look at your neighbor and say, you are. <laughs> and you better get busy doing the will of God. That not that what we've been called to do? You know, do, well, you, what do you think God's will for my life is? Well, that you would do what his word tells you to do. That, that you would actually carry out his will. I think sometimes we've, we, we neglect to realize that prayer life, you know, we, we're not supposed to be going and trying to convince God what his will is. We go in and we, we're telling God what he ought to do. You know, God, change my spouse and hurry lest I kill them in their sleep you know and, and reach into the life of my children lord cuz you've given me promises about my kids so you you better get them lined up cuz right now you know they're, they're they're right on the edge we're going to tell god what to do and in reality what we need to do is come into a place in the presence of god with a ear that's been trained to hear god god what what do i do how how do i be a better spouse? How can I be a more effective parent? How can I be a better child? How can I, how can I impact the, the environment that you've placed me in? Instead of asking God to take me out of it, I need to ask God how to use me in it. Because God, the steps of a good man are order to the Lord. So I must have gotten here under your direction because I'm a good man. Now, now, if you're a bad guy, yeah well, you're on your own you're not bad. You're good. You came right out of God. Hello, somebody. You, you came right out of God. God created you in His image and in His likeness. And He's, He's directing your steps. I know you think that you've pulled off a bunch of great stuff. Man, if God hadn't been with you, you'd be a greasy spot on the highway of life. You, you know, you look around at the carpet sometime in here. and you, you, That's what you'd look like. You'd just be a spot. But because of God and the love of God, that has rescued you man if you knew if you could just see the goodness of god and take your eyes off of all of that other stuff the 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 it's just wasted energy we put so much time and effort and resource into trying to change things that we can't even do anything about you know we're trying to fix and and bring solutions to to stuff that doesn't really matter what matters is the goodness of god He has rescued you out of the miry clay, set your feet upon a rock, put a new song in your heart, even praise unto your God. You were separated, alienated from God, but He loved you enough to send His Son Jesus to go die on a cross for you. And He didn't even leave Him there. They put Him in a tomb and He was resurrected. And He got up out of the grave and He demonstrated Satan's defeat. He took the keys of Sin-Hep-Dell in the grave, put you back in control, gave you dominion again and said, okay, tiger, go get him. And then somewhere along the road, we get this mindset, well, help me, Jesus. <gasps> wrong life. We, we just end up living the wrong life. You know, Jesus didn't come so you could fit in. He came so that you could stand out. Amen. Eternal life doesn't start when you're dead. It starts when you're born again. Start, it starts when that spirit comes alive inside of you. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead quickens your mortal body. Yeah. I know that we think that the power of Jesus, He, he just sent that so that we could be delivered from, from bad habits and so that He could you know, kind of help us with nasty attitudes and He could teach us how to, how to increase so that we could you know, have a, a, you know, an enjoyable, more enjoyable life. And, no, it goes way beyond that. Goes, I mean, all of those things are true. But if, but if you just settle for, for enough kindness to be deposited in you, that you can get along with your family. Come on. That's it? Well, we could have given you a drug for that. You just sit there and drool a little bit. We put up with you. Jesus came to ignite you with life so that you would carry it out into a world that's filled with suffering humanity, with people that, have no hope and no clue that they would look at your life and they'd see the goodness of God operating in you. No wonder the enemy doesn't want you to see it, because if you can't see it, surely people around you won't see it either. All they'll hear is the same stuff that they hear from people who don't know God. They'll hear the same story, the same complaint, and get the same result. Isn't it sad that people who have God in them, who are producing the same result as people who don't have a clue about God, And don't even realize their need of him. It's the wrong life. We've been called to make a difference. We've been called to be vessels that are filled with God life. You're a glove that God wants to slip his hand into and reach into the lives of others. God wants to change the world through you. And you matter. I said you matter. It makes a difference when you show up. Life gets better when you show up because you're carrying God. When, when, when God's changing you and working in you and, 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 and causing Christ to be formed in you. One of the scriptures in Galatians, it says, you know, uh, w- w- when you came out of Christ, is now you're going back to those same miserable forces that you served before God came, before you were known of God. Before you knew God and before he knew you, now you're going back to those same forces. What are the forces in life that are shaping your future? What are the forces in life? What are the forces in life that you are giving yourself to, that you are allowing to, to flow through your life? Is it a God force? Is it a God thing? You know, there, there's just different mentalities that we have. And sometimes the forces that are shaping our future it, are the wrong ones. We're so consumed with issues that they're just the wrong issues. We end up living life, it's just the wrong life. We're inhaling and exhaling and, and hoping to make it through the day. You know, help me, Jesus. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. I think it's so funny that you guys know those lines. When I quote scripture, you don't finish them. just saying. <laughs> we want to live the right life. We want, I said we want to live the right life. You know, even, at, even as a church, we can get so focused inwardly that we miss the whole point. You know, Jesus did not come to bring religion to the earth. He came to the most religious people on the face of the planet, and they nailed him to a tree. They were religious people. He came to bring us relationship. He came to show us the way of life, the path of life. And on that path of life, God has a a definite plan for each and every one of us, and his plan is to continue to unfold in us and through us and among us. See, God did something for us so he could get something to us so he could do something in us, so he could do something among us. And it's a great thing. God has a great plan for your life. I said, God has a great plan for your life. Today, if, if your mind is consumed with problems and issues and troubles, what you need to do is learn to cast all your care upon the Lord. I said, you need to learn to cast all your care upon the Lord. And in our society, that means you've got to learn to cast all of everybody else's care on the Lord too. Because what we like to do is take our care and share it with as many as we can. And we we listen to people who have cares like we do. And, and, and now, well, I'm not only carrying my cares, but now I'm carrying the cares of everybody I've ever met. And every time you go have a cup of coffee, you pick up a couple more cares. And pretty soon, you're so weighted down with life, you, you couldn't even move. And somewhere along the line, you got to muster the strength to look the devil eyeball to eyeball and tell him. There are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe to you how much. I don't care. You, you, you just got to tell him. You, you just got to tell him, you, I'm done with that. I'm done with it. It's not that I don't care about you know, stuff that Todd's going through, but we've got promises of God to stand on. See, it's not that my heart isn't, you know, knit to His heart or, or, or to your heart. It's just, no, the, the worry. i got to give that to Jesus because Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. Then all these other things, all the stuff that you're cared about. He said, I'll take care of that. It'll all be added to you. It, it's going to be okay. I'm going to live for you, through you, and I'm going to take care of you. you got a promise from God. You don't have to worry. I think a lot of us, we've got that bumper sticker that says, uh, why pray when you can worry? It's time to peel that sucker off. Give that stuff to God and get on track with god's plan see when god's doing something it's really smart to participate i said when god's doing something it's just a genius move to say count me in it's kind of ironic we try to do stuff and get god to involve himself he's moving we participate with him I, i want us to look at a passage of scripture today It's found in the book of Luke, in the 15th chapter. This chapter is often referred to as the lost chapter. Not because nobody can find it, but because of the stories that are in there. It's the lost chapter, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, it's the lost chapter. I know you're going to be really excited because you're going to open your book and say, I found it. The lost chapter. Why? Because there's a story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, the story of the lost son. We're praying for that. So you got the lost sheep the lost coin, and the lost son. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. The sheep was lost naturally. The coin was lost accidentally. The son was lost willfully. But in every single case, the heart of the father was go get him. Today it doesn't make any difference how you got lost, what you lost, whether it was naturally whether it was accidentally whether it was willfully that's not the issue the issue is that you have a father who wants to help you find it again to get it back to get it back today we're just going to look at the sheep for just a moment just the lost sheep we're just going to look at that one and we'll read it It says now the tax collectors and the notorious especially wicked sinners were coming near to hear jesus Bad folks were starting to hang around with Jesus. The wrong people were being drawn to Jesus. The notoriously wicked people. Sinners were coming. Look at verse 2. And the Pharisees and scribes kept muttering and indignantly complaining. The religious people had an issue with the people who were beginning to come to follow Christ. They had an issue because, see, the Pharisees, let me just tell you a little bit about the Pharisees. The Pharisees were focused on an outward and external manifestation. They were all about looking good in the eyes of other people. They loved things like ceremonial washings and fastings, long-term and formal prayers. And oddly enough, they enjoyed giving to the poor as long as they could do it where everybody could see them. The scribes were all about deep revelation, and they enjoyed elevating themselves based upon an educational standing they were extremely legalistic letter of the law types and they often neglected to weave the spirit into the thought process because sense and reason without the holy spirit according to romans 8 6 that's just carnality so you got these people who have been playing life by the rules for so long they're just a little bit irritated because after all their work after all their effort after all their investment people who don't deserve jesus are getting in here uh, you mean to tell me that I've been doing all the do's and stand away from all the don'ts, and now some guy off the street, he's been, been smoking crack, and he's going to walk in here and have the same standing that I have? Yes. That's what he's saying. And they were a little irritated by that. I think, you know, I, I don't think very many of us want to admit it, but I think there's probably been times right here when in the middle of worship you, you, you noticed movement at the door and you looked over there and you went, oh, my God, they're here? How'd they get in? What do you do? You know, I, I mean, come on. That guy? I'm mad at that guy. That guy ripped me off. That guy stole from me. That guy, he, you know, he, he's wreaked havoc in my family. What, what that guy? And Jesus was just, he, he, they could see what was coming. Man, we look good on the outside. We start hanging with the wrong people. That's going to change the whole dynamic of, of what's going on. We've worked hard. I've been in church all my life. And I've got to tell you something, that sometimes it's really easy to focus on the wrong stuff. We get our little rules and we get our little, the little stuff that we do and the games that we play and, and the things that, that matter to us, not necessarily to God, but they matter to us. And somebody comes in and, and, and the boat begins to rock and, and we, we get a little bit nervous because, you know what, we, we don't want to be known for the wrong thing. And Jesus was taking a moment to refocus their focus. And He said, look, look at verse 3. Jesus tells them a story. Verse 4, he said, What man of you, which one of you guys, if you had a hundred sheep and you lost one, which one of you does not leave the ninety and nine and go after the one until he finds it? He said, Which one of you wouldn't go after the one? Go after the one. I want you to say that with me. Go after the one. Come on, say it. Go after the one. Look at your neighbor, make sure their lips are moving. Go after the one. One more time. Go after the one. I know you thought you were going to come to church today, sit in the back and drool. Now I'm going to make you talk. Now, I think one of the things that God wants us to remember is this mindset that it's our role to go after the one. We've been called of God. You know, we have a We have a mission. To find people who are far from God and walk them to a place where they're close to God. To help equip them and train them to live a life of victory with and for God. That's what we've been called to do. That, that's the mandate that from heaven that rests upon our shoulders. we got to go after the One. And he goes on in his story. Look what he says in verse 5. He said, and when you find it, you put it on your own shoulders, rejoicing. And you go back and you take it home and you call your friends and neighbors together and say, rejoice with me, because I've found my sheep. I've found that which was lost. We throw a party. And Jesus is, is telling us, you know, He's saying, look, guys, I'm glad you're here. But there are people who aren't. And we got to go get them. I know what seems vital and important to you. That's your heartbeat. That's the sideshow distraction to keep you from remembering that there's something bigger than you that you've been called to. Go after the one. Go after the one. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to go after the one. What we are going to do today? The ushers are going to come. They're going to hand some stuff out to you. And I want you to each take one. There's two things that I want you to get. I want you to get a name tag and, and one of these little bracelets that says the one, okay? They're going to pass those out, and you're going to take them. And what we're going to do is we're, we're going to refocus our focus. We're going to go back, and, and we're going to take some time today, and we're going to pray. And when you get the name tag, just hang on to it. Put the bracelet on. If you don't want to wear the bracelet, put it someplace where you look at it every day. We've done this before. How many of you were here when we did the one the first time? You know, there, there's people in the kingdom of God today that are in the kingdom of God because of the one. What we're going to do is we're going to ask God to give us one name. And, and, and I challenge you not just to write down a name that you already know, you know, you, this person, you just, you know, you, you, you want them saved, but to pray and let God talk to you. you got to realize that God can speak into your life. He can, he can tell you who, who to go at. I know what you're thinking. What are, are you going to put a lot of reverb on the mic? You know, no. You're going to have a small you know, voice, still small voice on the inside of you that's just going to impress you with somebody. It might be a coworker, might be a relative. It might be a neighbor. It might be, just, I don't know, it could be anybody. But we're going to ask God who he wants us to focus on every day. Not so that they'll join the church, but so that they'll join the family of God. See, the Bible says, you know, that it is his will that all would be saved. God wants, God's heart is for everybody. I said, God's heart is for everybody. God cares about people you and I don't care about. Come on, get real. When I leave here during the week and I got to turn left onto Clearwater and the traffic's really heavy, you know, I, and I'm really, you know, on an important mission, I'm going to Applebee's. And, and, and there's all those people out there. Where are they going? I don't care as long as they hurry. You know, I, I'm like one of the most impatient people. I just want to get there because I, I'm in the mood for wings or something. And, and and they don't matter to me in reality, but they matter to God. And, you know, some of the stories that we have, some of the testimonies that we could share right here in the house today of people. You know, lady came up to me one day. And the, the altar was full and there were people praying. And it was the end of the service and there were, God had really shown up and there were a lot of lives being changed. And she came up to me on the platform and tears were running down her face and she says... Pastor, can I, can I tell him? And I said, can you tell who what? She said, she, she points and she's, there's this woman that's standing here being ministered to and, and the woman's obviously, you know, really being touched by God. and she, she goes, that's my friend. Can I tell her? Can you tell her what? She's my one. When we did the one, I, I wrote her name down and I, and, I, and I took the name tag and I put it on the bottom of the chair and she actually sat in the chair. She came in here today and sat in the chair and she got saved today. Can I tell her? Another brother told me that Sunday morning he had to leave right after service to go to work. And while we were praying, a name began to stir in his heart. And he tried desperately to change God's mind. Ever done that? I've been there. I could relate. And uh, God kept telling him this person's name and he, He didn't want to write this person's name down because this person drove him nuts. He couldn't imagine spending eternity with him. (laughs) Finally, God was so adamant that he said his name. And and in his mind, he said, it's it's like God spelled it out, spelled his name. And he said, and I kind of chuckled because God spelled his name wrong. He said, I know that because my time card's right under his. Every day when I get to work, I take my time card out and run it through the machine and I put it back in there and I look at that guy's name because I have to think about that guy every day as it is. And then God gives me that guy's name and tells me how to write his name. And it's funny because God writes his name wrong. He said, so he finally, he just caved in and wrote it down. Fine, put it on a sticker. Good luck with that one, Jesus. (laughs) Went to work. First break, goes into the break room. Who's in there? That guy. That guy says, hey, what'd you do today? He says, so I just told him. I went to church today. My pastor made me pray. God gave me your name. I wrote it on a sticky note and stuck it on the bottom of my chair. I'm going to pray for you every day. And the guy says, well, thanks. And he goes, well, I didn't want to. I'll be honest. He said, but, and he's just telling him, I, I, I didn't want to. He said, but you know what's really funny is God spelled your name wrong. He said, well, really? How did God spell it? He spelled it. And he goes, you know what's strange? He says, all the years I've worked out here, they've never spelled my name wrong. But God spelled it right. Hello? So many stories we can share with you. See, because here's the deal. So we have a promise in the word of God. It says that if you ask anything according to my will, you know, I hear you. And if you know, I hear you, you know that I'll answer the request that you're making. So you got to understand that it's God's will that all would be saved. That all would be saved. So when God puts this name in your heart, you're already in agreement with God. You already know it's his will. So when you pray, you already know he hears you. And if you already know he hears you, then you already know he's going to do what he said he's going to do. You're getting into agreement with God. You're coming in and you're saying, okay, God, you put this person in my heart. And to be honest with you, it's probably not the person that I would pick. But because you've picked them, because they care, because they matter to you, they matter to me. Because you care, I'll care. And I'll just pray every day. And you know what? And I'm not asking you to pray for an hour. I'm asking you to go to God and just say, okay, God, John, you want him. I'm in agreement. Holy Spirit, sick him. And go on about your business. You know, don't don't think that you got to go on and on and on. Jesus even told the guys when he was teaching them how to pray, he said, don't don't be like the guys that think that because of their many words, they're going to be heard. They just keep heaping words upon words. You, You know, sometimes when we pray, we're not really praying to God. We're trying to get a message across to somebody at the table. Come on. I I I know, I know my patience level is is with a it's not even a capital P. It's just little. Okay. And, and, and there's so many times when people are praying that I'm thinking, hurry up. Just, uh, hurry up. Yeah, you know, I, I get a, around a lot of my friends and I give them a bad time. I give them a bad time because they're they're trying to give me three points in a poem and they're praying. Just 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 pray. You know, just just say, God, I agree with you. This person needs you (laughs) really bad. God's going to drop somebody into your spirit. And I really hope it's not who you think it is. I really hope that you have the ability to let God change your mind. So what we're going to do, we're we're just going to set a timer for about three minutes. We're going to get quiet, and I know that's hard in a Pentecostal church. We're going to get nervous. But I just want you to sit and think. Don't say anything. Just let God talk to you. And at the end of that time, I'll tell you, and we'll all write down some names, all right? You ready? Ready? Let's do it. Speak to us, Lord. Holy Spirit. you just to write that name on that name tag just put it there and we're going to pray over them and then just going to have you take it off of that paper and reach under the chair stick it right there because we're going to be coming through and wednesday nights and even during the week we're going to be praying over those names we're again we're not asking god to bring them to the garden we're asking god to bring them to salvation knowledge we, we really, you know, we really, it, it doesn't matter to, to us where they go to church. What matters to us is where they spend eternity. We want them to be brought to salvation knowledge. And we want to be in agreement with God that he's going to go out and he's going to, by his spirit, work in the lives of people. And that we want to be in agreement with God. We're actually asking God to do a work in us. So that we would be beyond ourselves. That our prayer time wouldn't just be about telling God what we want, but agreeing with God his will would be done. His Bible tells us, uh, you know, watch and pray. Watch and pray. I would that men would pray without ceasing. Over and over and over and over and over again, the Word of God tells us to pray. Why? Because God wants to answer prayer. God's heart is, He strongly desires to answer prayer. So He's just trying to get us to learn how to get in agreement with God and to realize that these people matter. Last night, I got to tell you something. Last night, place was full and names were written down and things were stuck under the chair and 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 at the end we 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 prayed over them and then we had an opportunity for people that were here that were separated from god to be connected to god to receive christ as their savior several hands went up and i got to tell you something last night already one of the ones was already won isn't that awesome So right now, just just write that name down. You know, borrow somebody's pen. I think they gave you pens. Just write it down. Are you ready? Can we pray? Just write where you are. Just hold it. Father, we just lift these names to you right now. Father, we thank you that your heart is for the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus. And because of Jesus, we have been rescued out of the jaws of hell. Lord, you, you came and rescued us. And because of that, You've put life in us. You've put hope in us. You, we've got future in front of us. And today, God, our heart is to agree with You. And we're going after the One. And we make a commitment today to pray every day for this individual. Father, we're going to pray. And we're just going to believe God. And uh, for a lot of us, we, Lord, we just thank You that You spoke to us a name. So, Lord, as as we pray for them, we thank you right now that your will is going to be accomplished in their life and that you will receive the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Just, Just peel that off and reach under the chair and stick it there. You know, hopefully you don't find too much weird stuff under the chair. Well, what do we do? Do we call them up? You don't have to say anything. You don't need to start sending them gospel tracts, you, you know, unless God tells you, right? You don't have to hunt them down on the job and tell them, hey, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm praying for you, you notorious sinner. No, oh, you just believe in God. you just get in agreement with God. Amen? Every day. Every day. Look at your neighbor and say, every day. Before we leave, I want to ask a question. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head for just a moment. We're going to pray a prayer. We're gonna pray a prayer, and, and today we're not gonna do anything to embarrass anybody or call anybody out. But listen, if you're in this room right now, Jesus loves you. God's trying to reach you. You don't have to leave here, separated from God. You can leave here connected to God. If you're here right now, and you say, "You know what? I want. I want to make this prayer personal. I want." To receive the love that God's trying to pour into my life. Today, I receive Jesus. If that's you, while no one's looking around, hold your hand up. Let me see it. Say that's me. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Just lift your hand up. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, that's me. I, I want the love of God. I, I, I want the life of God. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. I don't want to hurry. I, I want to take just a moment. And you might be sitting there and your heart rate's gone up just a little bit and you're wondering, is that me? Let me answer that question. Yes. God's sent us to go after you. You're the one. Hold your hand up. Say, I I receive him today. I receive him today. So awesome. Thank you. I want everybody in the room to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me vision. Give me strength. I choose to live for you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.